Mike, it is so good to see you. Man, I'm doing the the only the white the white boy head move. You know? <laughs> Sometimes I think you do that from Monday to Monday. Because the last time I saw you, you were doing it, and here you are again <laughs> doing it. Well, let me ask you, can you dance? Like, are you a good dancer? No, no, not at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> at least we admit it. Like, we have no rhythm. Yeah. Sometimes I think, okay, I admit it, and I say that so I don't get asked to dance. <laughs> but the reality is I really can't dance. So. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not just saying that to be humble. It's for real, right? It's for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's for real. Good to see uh, how you. How you doing, man? Did you have a good weekend? I did. Uh, pretty chill. We had a ice snowstorm here late last week, so it was a weekend of not doing a whole lot, but avoiding getting out on the roads and yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. No football, but it is Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week. And by the way, this is on the fly with Mike and Ty. We're glad you're oh, here. Yeah. Thanks so much oh, yeah. for subscribing. Uh, some great reception in the last few episodes. It's been really fun to watch the growth of this show. Every week, I look forward to this with you, Mike. I know. And we always try to come up with a riveting, thought-provoking topic. And today's, today's is good. Today's something you and I both have a lot of conviction about. It is. Uh, yeah, why don't you introduce it? Let's just get into it. Well, I want to talk about a couple of the things first. But oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but the, top, the topic we're going to address here in a few minutes is how to not let sports cars ruin your life. Because we've seen some stuff recently pop up that has really kind of irked us and bothered us deep down in our soul. So we wanted to talk about it. So we're going to talk about that here in a second. But let me talk about a couple of things real quick. What a reminder the last 24 hours with Alvin Kamara on rape charges, right? And Mason Greenwood, who was the face of soccer uh, recent as a year ago when everyone was chasing his rookie cards, getting kicked off his team because of battery charges, rape charges, whatever. And Nike just saying... You're done. Yeah, it's the frailty of sports cars. Just, I don't understand how people make these types of decisions in in the moment. I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a it's a scary reminder that we're investing in human beings when you buy sports cards. And that's why you've always said vintage is so much better because Mickey Mantle can, he can't come back and commit some crime. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally right. And yeah, I mean, they're all one bad decision or a couple of bad decisions away from being the end of their careers. Look at uh, Antonio Brown and, you know, I mean, pick your poison. There's tons of them out there. Yeah. And it's been going on forever. Right. This isn't, this isn't new. You're just always like, really? Another one? Yeah. You'd think they'd learn. Another one bites the dust. That, that was a famous song one time. I know. I know. Um, whatnot. We're kicking off our first Bench Clear Whatnot episode tonight. If you're watching this on Monday, February 7th, tonight we'll be live doing some auctioning. It'll be fun. What time is that fun going down? 8 p.m. Central. Okay. So I, I haven't even figured out how to use the platform yet. So you're going to see me fumble around <laughs> trying to use this thing. It'll be fun. They'll auction off some good cards. I have a couple of vintage cards, some graded modern. We're going to do a flawless baseball break for some fun. Yeah. You going to be on it? I'm going to try to come watch. I want to come check it out. I'm not going to be on. I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know how to use the platform either. So that would be other than me checking it out. Uh, It'll be good to see you there, Mike. I'll try to to be there. 
Okay. I'll be supportive. Oh, so sweet. I'll be your uh, athletic supporter. We had a we had a competition last week. You you kind of snoozed at the video I was gonna do about eBay grading card data. I think our audience has spoken. It was fantastic. I watched it. I loved it. I watched every second of it. I thought it was great. Uh, cool. Very compelling stuff. And it's it's I guess to me the most surprising thing that came out of that was PSA is still so far and away numero uno. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, you had to literally take PSA off of the data because it would <laughs> skew the charts to where everybody else's lines would be so small that it would be yeah. insignificant. And, you know, the race for number two is real. I think SGC has a clear head, you know, especially with the new things they're doing and new pricing yeah. structures and all that great stuff that they're doing. I think they have a clear path to number two. But PSA, come on, it they can screw people over and piss people off and, you know, stop production. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah. When, when the, the line moved 0.1 in 12 months and 13 months, it was like, are you kidding me? Everything that was happening down here meant nothing in the grand scheme of things for PSA. It was, uh, it was pretty eye opening. but I agree with you. I, I see it twofold. Like, one side of the coins, I can't believe how fast BGS is kind of falling off in the demise of BGS. And the other hand, I'm like, I it only happens because SGC has stepped up their game and it's kind of taken some of that market share. It was, it was pretty fascinating to me. I think the next three months will be really fun to watch that. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a slew of PSA slabs all coming back, right? From the, right. you know, from the great stoppage and uh, tons and tons of stuff hitting the market, which should... I would think it would lower the average sale price for PSA, yeah. but yeah, that would be an ex expectation with that. But it has, it has been, I, I think the other thing that I didn't really say in the video, but you, when you see like number of sellers and you see, um, you know, number of cards in the market going up and you see the total market spend per month kind of plateauing, it's a reminder that the people only have so much money to spend. I've said that so long. I've never understood why there, yeah. cause there's only so much money in the hobby, right? No matter how you slice it typically. And all these big auction houses all tend to run their auctions at the same time of year and it, corresponding with the national. So you're talking about, again, if there's only so much money, yeah. you've just diluted that significantly and, and, do your auction when no one else is doing an auction. That's kind of, I'm like, I don't understand why you wouldn't just look at the calendar and go, you know what? REA is doing one now. We're going to do ours yeah. three months from then or something. I, it's never made any sense to me, given the fact that there is only so much money in the hobby. You notice That's none of these auction houses run those auctions on, on April 15th. It's always surprised me. <laughs> yeah, it does not surprise me. Yeah, right, I know. I'm going to be sending Uncle Sam a. And I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. Um, so a couple couple big sales this week. We'll start with this one. And I got a little flack on Twitter when I posted this out. And I was like, there's no way this is real. Like the buyer of this is not sending his $600,000 check for a Zion number to 99 RPA, BGS95. 600K. You got to be out of your mind. Who would pay for that? Who would buy that? 
I mean, and Golden's obviously reputable, so I'm not saying anything, you know, not insinuating anything about Golden, but come on, come on. And then you have on the other side of that, you got the T206 Wagner ripped card selling for 475. What do you take out of those two? I take the Wagner all day, every day. It wouldn't even be a choice. I still think that's stupid for that. I mean, oh my gosh. Not that I wouldn't, I would own that card even ripped the way it is, but not, I wouldn't pay half a million dollars for it. Like, no, no, thank you. Well, and I think people forget that it's, let me say here, it's one of only 60 authentic copies issued. I know. Crazy. I know. It's very cool. It's just, I've never seen it actually like pull that back up. This is the first time, and I haven't seen this. I had seen a picture of the card. I hadn't seen a picture of the whole slab. Yeah. That's a weird serial number. No kidding. And I've never seen it say genuine before. Yeah, isn't it usually authentic? Yes. Huh. Like, there's a few things here that make me go, uh, this is weird. Yeah, that is a little funky. I didn't catch that either. But look, what's the serial number like? Is it? I think it's two. Like two and then a bunch of zeros and then two. Well, maybe they saved the first 60 numbers in PSA for like the potential of the 60 cards from Wagner. That's <laughs> weird. Who knows? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Okay. It says yeah. it's, it's believed to be one of the first cards ever graded and authenticated by PSA and remains in the original holder 25 years ago. Okay. I well, guess there you that, go. There you go. I, that I is something I, I did not know. So when they put that up, I mean, that, that, that actually kind of makes it even more unique and maybe drove up the premium knowing that it was like the second PSA slab ever done. Well, the first one was also a Wagner. Um, it was this card. You're reaching out like you're going to grab it. <laughs> oh, no, it's, uh, it's the card that this book is based on called yeah. the card. Yeah. Which is a great read, by the way. The, the Gretzky McNally uh, Wagner. Interesting. Okay. Two Sorry. Big, two big cards, but uh, you got like super modern, way overpriced, ripped original, you know, most memorable card of all time. Way overpriced. We're in the land of crazy. Land of crazy. We live there. Speaking of crazy, let's talk about this topic here. So I texted you this weekend and I was like, man, I, I've seen probably five or six, six social media messages or posts just about people going through depression, needing, um, you know, professional help, suicidal. We've had a couple of people in our post recently say like they're stepping away because they're going through stuff. And it just, man, it just, it really hurt me to see that because I know there is a darker kind of, frustrating side of this hobby and it can absolutely wreck people if they get caught up in, and I'm not, I'm not saying like some of these posts weren't directly related, related to the hobby, but you and I both have had conversations with people where the hobby sucked them in and it took them down a path that absolutely wrecked their life. I want to ask you like, how, how do we avoid that? How do people avoid that? How do you coach people to avoid letting sports cards take you down that evil dark path well there, i think there's two ways that can happen right 
one is financial and one is mental slash time management, except, you know, just kind of dealing with it. Um, the financial part we've talked about quite a bit on the show over time, never buy cards on credit. Don't, you know, borrowing money to buy cards and things like that is always a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe to borrow money for a whole lot of things that yeah. you don't need to be buying. Um, so the, the financial part of it is real, which can then, if you're getting to financial issues, you start fighting with your spouse or, yeah. you know, not, not being able to deal with other things in life, which can create depression slash, I mean, you can imagine that causes lots of divorces. Financial issues are the number one cause for divorce. Um, not necessarily car related, of course, but you have to remember if you're into cards, you're spending money most likely. Yep. And you, you just got to be careful there. Right. And don't spend more than you make and don't spend more than your, it, but that's so hard because there's this, especially if you're on social media, looking at other people's posts on Instagram and there's definitely jealousy factors. There's definitely FOMO and man, I want that. And I'm going to go out and buy it, even though I probably shouldn't, people need to stay in their lane and whatever they wherever they can live comfortably financially in the sports card world yeah. and universe, they need to do that. And, um, cause that can ruin, you know, if you're talking about ruining your life, that, I can that can yeah. lead down that path pretty quickly, actually. I mean, we look at Mo, um, Mars or Mark's break. Mark's uh, right. They were financially yeah. ruined For over sure. cards, right? Yeah. And how do you recover from something like that? It's not a fun path that I would want to be on. So yeah. there's that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just add to that. I'll, I'll yeah, throw in some two cents here. You know, I I think uh, you have you have to keep perspective, and and we should back up. If anyone's going through stuff and you're like you're really struggling, and you have you just need to hear another voice. Like, don't hesitate to put a comment below, and we'd be happy to shoot you an email and just chat with you about how to keep things in perspective. But you have to keep things in perspective. Like at the end of the day, like your sports cards aren't going to give you a hug and look you in the eye and say I love you. You know, like that you, you can't replicate that with a piece of cardboard and to think that you can like fill a void with a piece of cardboard is, is definitely the wrong type of like mentality. And I, I think a, a pretty clear sign that that's happening to people sometimes is when people make sports cards all about themselves and I get it. Some people aren't married. Some people don't have kids. Some people are younger and you're, you're single. That's totally cool. Like, and, and there's a different approach you have to take, but when you have families and you have a spouse, like if it's exclusively about yourself and you don't allow yourself to kind of bring other people into it, it's very easy to get like sucked into this, like this, this world. This, yeah, for sure. The, the world of it. And it's, 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 it's a those temptations, those temptations exist and you see it with guy whether it's alcoholism or drugs or pornography or all these types of things that can suck someone in and take them away from the things that are important. Uh, and, and sports cards should be benign in your life. Yeah. They should be something that doesn't hurt you at all. They should be a joy, not a, not a cause or point of pain. Norman agrees, right? Norman He's back here whining. I also think it's important to be able to take a break 
to yeah. go, you know what? I'm just going to step back for a little while. I've, I've either gotten a little too deep financially or too deep into the second in the hole. And maybe I just need to go do other stuff that I enjoy doing for a little while with my time. And I think we're, I think people don't do that or are afraid to do that, whether consciously or subconsciously, because they don't want to miss out. Oh, if I take a break, then I'm going to miss out on all these great deals. Like, man, cards are always going to be there. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. You're, you're going to be okay. And you know, the idea I'm taking a break from buying cards for months. Yeah. I'm not worried about it at all in terms of, well, what if prices, so what I I'm choosing this because I need to do some other things and that's totally fine. Right. You know, don't be afraid to do that. Don't worry about what you might miss out on. It'll, it'll work out. Yeah. No, I think it's a good point. Like it is very easy to have that FOMO type attitude and that, and that weighs on you. You constantly think about it and, you, you need to be reminded that there's always going to be the next cool thing and the cool thing will just distract somebody else. And the thing that you thought was cool that you wanted to get six months ago is going to be there and cheaper probably. <laughs> so, Or you might go later and go, man, I, I was so into it. I wanted that. Now I don't have any interest in it at all. Yeah. You might surprise yourself with how your taste change can or can change quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people like you, you need, the way you know you need to take a break from something, but specifically sports cards, is when you stop having fun with it. Like if if you think it's a chore or you feel a stress of sports cards, like it's time to take a break. Like you need to step back, reevaluate like what the purpose of sports cards is in your life, because it's it's meant to bring joy. It's meant to bring community and connection. If it's not doing those things, then it's not serving its purpose correctly. At least that's my perspective. Totally agree. Hundred percent agree with that. Great, great point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a video, uh, and I want to say it was probably a year ago, and I think it was titled like The Dark Side of the Hobby. And it got like 100,000 views. And it was a guy talking about how he basically got um, sucked into this investment world and the world we know, we've talked about. Breaking and spending a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he just kept getting told like the next best best thing is going to make him X amount of money, blah, blah, blah. And he thought he got back into sports cards because of the nostalgia and all of the memories. And then he thought he realized deep down he got into it because he wanted to make a bunch of money. And he shared his story about how it just wrecked his life and it almost wrecked his marriage. And, and uh, he started to hide things. He hid everything, receipts, and was flipping to cover this. And I bring that up because I got 100,000 views and people just, I mean, thousands of comments about how they were resonating with it. And I think now that we're a year removed from our peak and people have realized maybe they made some wrong decisions and they think that they can just go recoup the lost money by digging deeper into this hole is not, is not a good philosophy. It's not. Right. And I, I just want to encourage you not to go down that path of thinking that's the way you get out of it. Like, being honest with yourself is the way to get out of it. <laughs> the old, hi, I'm Mike and I'm a baseball card <laughs> addict, you know, like admitting that you might have an issue is super important. And then telling yeah. someone else that's also super, because once you make it public, so to speak, and kind of put it out there, yeah. it changes your perspective. It, it changes your attitude towards it. And that would be, because let's just face it, 
sports cards can be an addiction. It can be an addictional problem. Yeah. And I mean, I have a lot of, you could, if someone walked in here that didn't know me would be like, you're addicted to sports cards. And the answer might be, I might be, you know, but I can take a break. I can't. Yeah. I mean, and I'm doing it now. I've, I've had talks with Julie before to be completely transparent where she's like, Hey, you're probably spending a little too much time doing YouTube or, or stuff and card related stuff. Cause it's not just cards. It's not just sitting in your room. There's the hobby itself going to shows or what, no matter what you're doing, creating content, sorting, building sets, all these different things, they take time and that's time away from, maybe something else that you need to focus on like your family, especially if you're married kids, if this causes any problems with your marriage or relationship with your kids, then that's also a sign that it's a problem. And, uh, I've had my kids tell me, Hey dad, can you stop for a little while? We want to play a game or something like, and I felt really guilty in that moment. Like, I can't believe I let that interfere with the things that really matter. Yeah. And I've had to check myself over the years, you know, uh, and, and be cognizant of that. I'm not perfect at it by any means. Like I wish I could say I was the perfect dad and the perfect husband and all those things. I'm not. And what is it, Norman? Do you hear Norman back there whining? Yeah. It sounds like an ambulance. It's, it does. Come here. Come over here. Yeah. Yeah. I've had those conversations too, Mike. And, and like my, my challenge to people is just take a second and write down, think about like what, what value is sports cards adding to your life? Like, what is it adding to your life? And if you can't articulate that, take a break and figure out how you can make sure sports cards adds a little value to your life. Like, and maybe that's just get someone else involved with you or share some of your stories and, and experiences with others. Like I, I just, I don't, I hate seeing people get drawn down this, you know, scary, depressing path and sports cards are not meant to be that just yeah. not meant to be that. Yeah. And like you said, if you, if you can't answer those questions of what gives you joy about it, think about the things. I mean, if you need some help, it's like, I've met so many great people. I have so many friends, people I talk to about life, not just cards, you know, because I met them through this hobby. Yeah. Um, people that like, you, you know, you and I are, we talk about a lot. You and I talk about tons more stuff than just cards. Right. And yeah. we're genuine friends. This hobby allowed us to meet each other and become friends. But I think if there wasn't the hobby, I think you and I would still be friends. And that is part of it, you know, um, yeah. getting, I know you do a great job, Ty, of getting the kids involved and, and making them a part of your hobby too. And not because you're forcing them like to, drink castor oil or anything. They, they genuinely want to do it and they know they're spending time with their dad. And that's, that's a very positive thing, right? It makes it easier to commit time to it. If you know, you're going to be doing it with Jackson or, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're exactly right. You're so exactly right. just again, we're not trying to criticize anyone or anything like that. It's just, this can be an issue and we hope people, recognize that. And if you're, if you're watching this and you go, yeah, I don't have any problems with that. Good. That's, like, good spot. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 
It's a good spot. And, and I, I encourage you that we have a great group of folks that do watch these videos. And I think if you wanted to post a comment about what you're struggling with right now within the hobby, like I think people would come around you pretty quickly here connect, and you 100%. can connect with some people that can, can put a, a an E an E arm around you. Right. And, and, and kind of get you through it. So don't hesitate to do that. The community we have here is outstanding. Do you need a hug Ty? Nope. Any other points you want to make? I, no, I think that's good. I, I just wanted to bring it up and make sure there was an open forum for folks to discuss it. But yeah, yeah. I, I truly would love to see people's comments, how they cope with it, what they've learned, the ups and downs of kind of what cards can do to you and how you, how you learn from it. Yeah. Cards can show you a lot about life. That's, that's a great thing, right? Like as with anything, but they can show you a lot about yourself and expose a lot and help you grow as a person. For sure. What else do we have today? Um, what do you got this week? I've been putting out some fun like eBay training videos on breaker culture. I don't know if you've seen that. I've been. I did. So uh, you have another like channel? What? A little passion project. I don't think you guys know that Ty does breaker culture as well. I do baseball collector. So each of us have our own little things that we do. We've come together yeah. here for bench clear along with Matt and Tyson and some other yeah. folks, but, uh, Ty does great work on breaker culture. So if you're not subscribed to that channel or listen to that podcast, you should, you should definitely check it out. And same with you. Your flawless box was fun to watch on baseball collector. <laughs> it uh, was interesting. Yeah. I've never opened a box like that. And I opened a box of flawless and you'll have to I go watch it. it, see what I pulled, but it was, <laughs> it's a lot of $20 cards in there. <laughs> Well, there's only 10 cards, but you like you trying to figure out what was happening with flawless was actually really entertaining to me because you could tell you had never opened a flawless box. Oh yeah. <laughs> you cutting the plastic at the beginning. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie. Rookie. You got a good episode coming out uh, this week. Yeah. Golden age of cardboard. Uh, the art of trading. I, I talk with JT triple crown 24 about, he does, a lot of trading and I've seen him in action doing trading. Yeah. And I, I did a trade this week, like for the first time in a long time, I don't do a ton of trading because to think about trading, you have to, yeah, you got a lot of sun coming in there. <laughs> um, but I, you have to have stuff you either don't care about or just don't like, or to get something you do like, because I don't open a lot of boxes and crack a lot of wax and just have things that just sit around. Most of my stuff, all my stuff is PC. So I don't do a lot of trades, but I did happen to do a trade. I traded one of the cards from that flawless box, as a matter of fact. Oh, cool. Um, which was great. It was a card like that. I don't have any, you know. Yeah, there's no attachment of, to it. No attachment to that card. Yeah. And I was able to get a card I'm excited to add to my collection. So that just led me to think about the art of trading and how it's, it still happens in the hobby a lot. I'd love to see yeah. it happen more. And the, the challenges with that and things to think about and good tips. So, well, it's, it's funny you say that because when we posed the question, I think it was last week about platforms, what platforms do people want? A very common request was a trading platform. And I'm really surprised the trading platform has not popped up. It's very archaic the way that takes place. Well, there's a, there's trading card database, yep. which is where I hear about trade and it, I've never used it for trading, but I've heard people do trades on there. Um, in theory, you could do it on Beckett 
as well. Yeah. But it's there's not a really good one. It's there's not a good one. And you can do it on forums. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I think there's some scary elements to that if you've never yeah. done that before and jump down that. So we go through that and just things to think about and how to do it and good conversation. So I'm excited. Be, I, I am not much of a trader. I can't wait to watch it. It'll be on Wednesday. And I do a lot of asking JT questions because he does it a lot to gain on, to, you know, rely on his experience with that. So, yeah. Beautiful. But yeah. Dig awesome. it. Good stuff, man. Hey, easy episode today. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> okay. That was convincing. I mean, 30 minutes, like that's pretty good. Yeah. That's it's uh that's a that's a topic you gotta digest for a bit. Yeah. No well, reason to talk everybody. about it. Yep, have a good week. We'll see ya. Talk to you guys later.